0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTshirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. This is the scoop. Podcast featuring Don Callahan, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. We're going to bring on Donnie Scoops now. What's going on, Don? How are you?
1: I'm I am awesome. The best I've been since the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic ravaged our lives. We had mm-hmm. not only a bunch of baseball to watch, but just absolutely nonstop hockey. And I know that you're not a hockey guy, but for me, it's been it's been heaven. From noon all the way until the time I'm going to bed, there is at least one hockey game on, so I, I'm loving it. And also, the Flyers upset the Boston Bruins in convincing fashion to win their first round robin game, and they'll play again on Thursday. So I'm, I'm hyped. What about you, Ross? Good stuff. Yeah,
2: I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Ross Martin. This is The Scoop. Uh, they should first... know who you are. If that's you're right.
1: listening to this and you don't know who Ross is, that's, that's your problem.
2: <laughs> that's right. First, I to remind everybody to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a quick review about how much you like The Scoop, how much you like the other podcasts Inside Carolina provides, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to them. That makes sure that all our great podcasts are in your feed immediately when they are published. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I mean... I don't even know what I want to say this, but I mean, life is uh, it's, it's kind of back to normal, man. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of living my life. You know, I don't really go to bars. I don't really go to restaurants. Um, I don't get together with groups of, of 10 or more. So, you know, getting outside a lot, which I, I, I usually do, you know, and cooking and, and living and just everything is everything has changed. is kind of work and, and how football is going to be. So, hey, I mean, I know a lot of people are affected, but right now it just feels like I'm, I'm just living life and, and that's how I'm approaching it. Reduce the risk. Mask up uh try to you know socially distance and, and try to socially distance and then uh, you know it's gonna be here wash a while your hands.
1: make sure you wash your hands you should have been washing your hands before the pandemic but make sure you wash your hands
2: yeah all right let's get into it here this is the scoop um first of all don what do you think about our last episode in the um comments received that was when i responded to all the haters on the message boards the pc the pc police the the people trying to limit what we can say and talk about and getting on us for, for trying to be funny. What do you think? Yeah. Of response so the so
1: one mind? thing I do want to, I feel like that we kind of lost a little bit is that we, and I'm, I hopefully, I'm, I think we're, I'm speaking for both of us. We definitely want the constructive criticism. We want to get better all the time. And that even though it was negative and it definitely um, perturbed Ross, um, the, the feedback was great and we will make some adjustments because of that. So I don't want to make anyone feel like they can't give us any sort of feedback. And obviously I, I definitely was thoroughly entertained by Ross's rants on the last podcast. uh, I was worried. I was worried about the, the backlash. There was no backlash on the message board. And I was also worried that if Buck or Ben heard it, I I'm curious, have you received any sort of um feedback for Buck or Band? Because those are the people that their opinions matter more than anyone else. I have not. And um
2: hopefully No conversations whatsoever. Hopefully it says that way well, hey, I thought I was fair. I thought I was yeah, of course we want some positive criticism, but some stuff we're not gonna take. <laughs> it's our podcast and, and you try to control what we say and what we do and of course, we don't want to be mean. We don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But um, so we'll we'll keep. Certain yeah, that was
1: things. the one thing is is like if you know, I could see how some of our stuff might veer in certain areas. But for the most part, our intention is not to harm anyone's feelings. Yeah. And so, if anyone was uncomfortable or anything like that, that that wasn't that wasn't the goal. And we'll adjust those sort of things when it comes <laughs> to that. Uh, the problem is, is like we're in this culture where there are definitely issues that need to be handled and people are getting offended and are finally standing up and taking a stance, which is great. And I, I, I think that's awesome. I support that. I'm Don
2: Callahan. I'm running for governor of North Carolina.
1: (laughs) No, but on this, but the same, um, along with that, you definitely have people who are, um, just want to be offended just to be offended. And there is a difference. I'm not saying, I mean, there's definitely things out there that people being said that are being said that, that are definitely offensive, but you know, I, I received now, now. Let me just ask you this, okay? <laughs> so my weekly scoop, it was describing um, Dakota Twitty, who has dreadlocks um, that, that he actually has dyed the tips of them, um, and I was describing that.
2: I just read that, and I thought about that.
1: Okay, so, Go ahead. so what, what'd you get? So, you get so, so somebody out? sent me a message saying that dreadlocks are offensive to people. Now I'm not saying that I disagree, or I, I don't know. I that's the first time I've ever heard of that. So, are, is the term dreadlocks is that offensive?
2: So I guess you have to think about what, why they call dreadlocks. Do you
1: know why? I do not. I did do a quick like Google search, but it was like you know, there's there's like places that that are, that are said get your dreadlocks you know um, taken care of or whatever. I, I don't have dreadlocks, so I don't know. Okay, uh, so, I'm, so I'm trying to learn. That, you know, that I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be ignorant on this, or I am ignorant on it. So I'm trying to learn. I'm not trying to be rude about this at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's offensive because I think that's what they're they're called. And I'm reading here, um, they came, it was a, it's a religious movement. um, And they're called dreads because they signify they had dread, fear, or respect for God. Whatever this. So that's fine, right? Whatever this group of people was. I think it's Jamaican and there's some Hindu culture behind it and some religious stuff. Of course, this is not, I mean, I'm I'm literally reading this right now. The holy men grew matted locks of hair that became known as dreadlocks or the hairstyle dreads. Soon after, they, um, you know, kind of the Rastafarian influence as well, the term dreadlocks stuck. So that's what they're called. I mean, I think people see that, and they, they have a certain connotation that goes with it, but I, I don't think, I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't know how else to I describe think people who, that sort of haircut.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the braids or something like that, I don't know. This, I mean, it's two white guys talking about this, so who knows. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, let's get into it. That's a good point. I mean, people want to get offended. And I, uh, like I said, the <laughs> rant, I mean, I, I talk in a, uh, I am not PC, but I do not want to, I do not want to, people feel uncomfortable, but, um, so hopefully we can learn from that. There
1: are definitely things out there that are definitely offensive that need to be fixed in this world. Yeah. I, I don't want to just say I'm pushing that aside or anything. I mean, you know, anything that's, you know, yeah. people's My- sexual orientation, the race, anything like that, that's, that's not cool.
2: You're correct. Uh, my my goal is to entertain, and that's what I'm here to do. And sometimes, sometimes stuff that I say can, can uh, is a gray line. All right, moving on. Let's get into guys. We actually have a big podcast here. Uh, a lot of things to talk about. We're doing it. We were gonna skip this week, but some news happened. jerry Wilson, six foot four, three hundred twenty five pound, with Salem native, committed to UNC in April. He decommitted on Monday, and then flipped his commitment back to Georgia. We're going to get into that. Um, you Had that story over the weekend, and then it became official. Um, became official in um, on Monday. Sorry, and then um, we're going to talk about the other options there for UNC. Who do they go after to fill that spot? They need a kind of an interior lineman, or another offensive lineman, to fill out spots. So we're going to dive into who UNC targets. Excuse me, the Tar Heels are down to I guess sixteen commitments, and of course they're trying to get to that nineteen, twenty mark. We'll also get into what remains in the 2021 class there's some targets there's some stuff from the scoop about Evan Pryor about Bryson Nesbitt so we're gonna ask Don kind of what else is going on here you know it's August right now August September October November December is the national signing day so uh you know this is when it really ramps up but UNC is, is still at a, at a good place right now and then um we're gonna talk anything else. The gutter Stockton news, I think, is significant. We're gonna get into that a little bit as well, and then we'll close out the podcast there. We may—I'm just gonna tease it here, Don. I know you just messaged me, but we're—we may have a special interview. We're still trying to see if that works out through text and phone calls, so we won't say who it is in case it doesn't happen. But it's in the works to bring on a, a person um, to interview midway through this podcast. Sound good, Don?
1: Yes, sounds good. And that's that's just kind of what we deal with with having a lot of people love having guests. Uh, us having guests the problem is is that there's just so much uh, technical issues schedules reminding people all that sort of stuff that goes into it behind the scenes that makes it sometimes difficult to actually have the guest okay let's get into it
2: jared wilson don why did he decommit
1: uh i guess uh from what i've gathered it sounds like it was just he always liked georgia and the the situation with Georgia, because he was – let me let me just backtrack. He was committed to Georgia – I think he committed to Georgia last November, decommitted um, in February, um, and then in April committed to North Carolina. From what I've gathered from talking to people close to him, Georgia has always been the place that he wanted to go to, but when Sam Pittman left Georgia's staff to become the head coach at Arkansas, that created a lot of uncertainty, a lot of, um, you know, I guess – You know, not knowing what was going on, which I guess is also uncertainty, but just just didn't just uneasy feeling towards Georgia, and so he wanted to kind of look over things, and then you throw in the fact that so he takes some visits to kind of I guess gain some control and and gain some some feelings on on where he wanted to go, and then you had the pandemic come in and cancel all those visits, and then you had all these um, in-state guys committing to North Carolina, and it kind of just you know forced him into a commitment and then i think once georgia got its footing and once he was able to establish a relationship with georgia's new offensive line coach um matt matt luke,
2: matt luke right who was yeah. the old miss coach yes and i think it was at duke as well for a little period of time
1: yeah and then so then obviously he made the, the it made him comfortable with that situation at georgia and so he flipped back that's what what i what i gather you know um have been able to speak directly to, um, to Jared.
2: Do, um, you know, I remember reading, I guess it was your scoop or kind of the background on the commitment about how he wanted to stay close. Cause he's got young brothers and he wants to see them grow up. And, you know, Winston Salem sales about 90 minutes from Chapel Hill. Any thoughts on,
1: you know, basically, yeah, so li- basically when, lied to you? Well, well, not necessarily, because when I was doing that interview with him, he, um, I, I did ask him, I said, was Georgia close enough? Did you feel Georgia was close enough? And he said, yes. And, you know, Georgia's, I, I make the trip, I, I don't make it all the time, but I mean, I make a, the trip to Georgia a few times a year. It's drivable.
2: Uh, it's drivable. Yeah,
1: it's definitely drivable. You know, uh, right. my, you know, not only do I go there for, for work purposes, but my mother-in-law lives in Georgia um, and my daughter's mother lives in Georgia too. So, uh, you know, it's it's definitely not not a difficult drive to do
2: yeah i mean i'd love a whole podcast to dive into your family dynamics but it's really
1: not as interesting as you think but the one thing i will kind of throw out there this is this is this is uh i don't know if it's breaking news but just a little behind the scenes so we had to actually at the 11th hour or it wasn't really i guess 11th hour but it was over the weekend we had to kind of change up the plans for the weekly scoop uh one of the things with the weekly scoop is that it's actually like a full week that it takes me to kind of write this and put this together. So initially, the weekly scoop topic was going to be this deep dive into the announcement of the commitment of Robert Dilworth and Jarrett Wilson. And so imagine my um,
2: – What went into it and everything?
1: Yes, yes. So and, you know, talked to obviously those two and, and uh, their their mothers and all this. And this is something that, that had been in the works for like a couple of months really. And, and just didn't have, I wanted to release the inside the commitments on the two first and then go with this. Yeah. I didn't foresee Jarrett decommitting. So obviously I had to completely change my plans on, I guess it was uh Friday when we kind of started to kind of hear that this was, this was going down. Uh, but you know, fortunately, it made it easy to kind of just dive into what happened with with Jared.
2: Comment on the um, board reaction to the Jerry Wilson decommitment. Any comments?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Um, after <laughs> I usually most posts after I post a story or whatever, I'll read like the first like page or two, and then afterwards, it usually kind of turns into you know, fights or arguments or pissing matches or whatever. And so when the Jarrett, when I posted the information on Jarrett Wilson decommitting, Saturday I looked at, morning, I looked at, morning, right? you got to put your mic down. Um,
2: Saturday morning, right?
1: Yeah. I, um, uh, I, I checked the first page or two and then okay. afterwards I didn't look, but I had heard that it turned into this completely separate fight that required the, the post to be, be locked which is just really unfortunate <laughs> i had no idea what it was about. i mean do you do you have a comp- I mean, do you know what was was going back and forth on there i came not keep it straight because there was
2: one about when he committed to georgia and uh, then the one about then your weekly scoop one and then the initial one i don't know i get on the message board sometimes sometimes i don't all right okay so jerry wilson you know it, it, it feels like it said that you said they're going to still recruit him it just feels like he's gone and i'm so su- you're surprised i'm surprised that he went back to Georgia, cause the, the general thought is when you decommit from a school, rarely do you commit back to that school.
1: Yeah, that's typical. But, but,
2: but this one was a little coaching situation. So it wasn't that he fell out of favor or got cut from Georgia's list. It was that the coach that was recruiting him left. And so yeah, once the relationship think, with Matt Luke got developed, you know, he, he he saw he, you know, felt better about Georgia.
1: Yeah, and I'm speculating on this, but my guess is that there might have been some feelings of does he want me sort of thing. You know, and so um, when – Does Matt Luke want – Does Matt Luke want me, you know, gotcha. because he's going to be my position coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's. Yeah. So my take, part of
2: that. my take is here, a lot of people are like, oh, it's not a big loss. You know, we're UNC. We can create anybody we want. I mean, it's insane. in-state guy. He's 6'4", 325. They wanted him. He's athletic. He's got great feet. He's a big – he's a great size for offensive guard. He's athletic. Obviously, Georgia wants him people were like, man, what? it's not really a big loss. I mean, I think it's a, it's a significant loss. It's the guy you wanted that was in-state, and you've got to get those guys. And yeah. um, in my opinion, it's, it's a significant loss for UNC. You know, it's a guard, so is it truly a position of, you know, super, super elite need? No. But you'd rather have him than, than you know probably who else they're going for because there's a reason why they targeted him and tried to flip him from Georgia or tried to you know, get him to commit after he'd he from Georgia.
1: Yeah, and, and he's so good that UNC, UNC's initial goal for this class was to take two offensive tackles, but the staff liked him so much that they were willing to take him, a, a true guard, um, in lieu of a, um, another offensive tackle.
2: Yeah, you need those big, big road grading yards. I'm not sure if Malik McGowan going to be the guy. Dude's got to lose some weight. All right. He just took a ricochet shot for me. <laughs> Sorry, Malik. All right. Um, okay, so where does UNC turn now? They, they are going after offensive linemen. Obviously, all right. So Di- Diego Pounds was offered yesterday. There's a couple other names out there. Why don't you start, and we'll get into where UNC turns um, to fulfill the need that, that is now vacated by Wilson's exit to Athens.
1: Well, I think that we can probably, if we're just don't want to waste anybody's time, we can probably begin and end this conversation with Diego Pounds for the time being. Uh, we by the time you everybody listens to this, there will be a, an update with uh, an interview with um, Diego Pounds on Inside Carolina. So definitely check that out. Um, That's for but, premium.
2: That'll be for premium subscribers. Premium subscribers. We're, we're running a fifty percent off membership sale right now for Inside Carolina.
1: I'm glad you know those things because I don't. Um, But uh, outside of him, and like I said, I mean, I think I I I expect UNC to go. um, I I expect UNC. I'm sorry. Got Got some news here. No, well, I got some new podcast-related news. I don't know how you want me. uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, (laughs) um, so I think North Carolina is going to go full steam ahead with uh, with Diego Pounds, but you know, some other guys that they're looking at, is, there were a bunch of guys that UNC told that they were full once Jarrett Wilson yeah. committed. And I, I think that UNC is going to definitely kind of kick the tires on those guys to see if, Hey, you know, can, can we get back in with you sort of thing? We cover all that in the weekly scoop. So definitely check it out.
2: Yeah. I mean, so I, right, Diego pounds real quickly. Um, he's from Raleigh. He wants to he goes to Millbrook high school, six foot six, three Oh five. He's, he's highly ranked. I mean, he's a little bit, lesser rank than Wilson but he's the number 428 nationally number 36 offensive tackle you know with that size you can probably play both tackle or guard um as long as he's athletic enough quickly um Don what do you think about you know him as a player what he could bring and why UNC is now going after him great offer list as well Penn State Virginia Tech LSU I don't know how many of these are committable but you know he has a lot of uh, national interest in terms of offers
1: yeah. I mean, he has, he has a lot of tools, you know, he, obviously, you know, you know six, three, 300 pounder, 66, six. six, six, I'm sorry. Is that six, right? Six. Yeah. Six, six. No, you're right. Okay. Um, I'm trying to do a couple of things at once. My, my brain's a little scrambled. Six, six, 300 something pounds, um, long arms moves really well, has a basketball background. Um, you know, the one, one reason why I, you know, I didn't rank him all that high in my in-state rankings. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more physicality out of him. You know, he, you know, for such a big kid, I wanted to see him bury some guys a little bit more, um, dominate a little bit more, because obviously the guys he's going up against in high school are, are significantly um, weaker than the guys he'll go up against in college. Uh, but he definitely has, uh, ha- has a lot of um, the tools that necessary to play left tackle or play offensive tackle. I, should say, I shouldn't just limit him to left tackle. Offensive tackle on the, on the college level.
2: Great. And, and you like those guys. who can kind of do both. Um with that size, as long as you get athletic enough to, to get out and pull and, and can get low on blocks and stuff, you know, looking at his offer list. You know, he's got everybody, it seems like. So, all right, cool. So, other names, you know, Colby Smith is one that comes to mind for me. Uh, in-state guy, committed to Tennessee. Colby Smith is 6'7", 270. Offensive tackle, could play, maybe play guard as well. Wanted to go to UNC, I believe, when they were fully committed to Tennessee. So, obviously, an SEC-caliber player. Thoughts on Colby Smith? Anything significant?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's one of those guys that UNC told they were full. And, uh, I, I've been a big fan of Kobe Smith UNC, obviously, um, feels a little bit differently than what I do. And, you know, um, I'm always going to, you know, defer to them, but, um, he's a guy that I always love his athleticism. I love his size. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I love his game. He's going to Tennessee. So that's a guy that you kind of have to say, hey, you know, we were full last time. We were honest with you about yeah. what was going on with us. We can't take everybody. Now things opened up. Give us a chance sort of thing.
2: Hey, and he's Rockingham County. You know, from reason North Carolina. You know, he has plenty of time until he signs. So, you know, there's definitely time to work on that relationship if that's where UNC wants to go. And that's how Colby Smith, I mean, he, he had love for UNC initially uh, is the general sentiment there. Okay, anything on uh Moogabill?
1: Yeah, so I think
2: what's his name? Can you pronounce his full name? Yusuf Moogabill. Okay, from and, uh from Murphy, North Carolina.
1: I yeah, Murphy, North Carolina. You know who whose home is that? Murphy, North Carolina. Who? Someone that you are really close friends with. John Siegley.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, and so I'm,
1: and actually the two families know each other.
2: I bet so. That's a small town. It's where yeah. um
1: I believe Moogabill's father is one of the few doctors in that area.
2: There you go. Maybe Moogabill's father delivered John Siegler. <laughs> Maybe he Out did. of his mother's womb.
1: Maybe Moogabill's father performed um, a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, anyway. Weirdo. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So the situation with him, I think the, he's one of those guys that the pandemic affected in a negative way affected his recruitment in a negative way he didn't take a whole lot of visits he took some last offseason and was planning on taking a bunch and it actually may kind of help him end up at nc state because uh two of his brothers are i think one graduated from nc state and the other um the (laughs) the other um is a student there and um so, obviously, the family is going to feel comfortable with NC State, especially in these, these times of, yeah. you know, so, so I think that kind of helps with NC State. And that's going to be t- difficult to overcome for North Carolina.
2: All right. Well, keep us in the loop, Don, on this. Obviously, <laughs> interesting um, recruitment with the offensive line spot opening up. UNC down to 16 commitments. We are going to now talk about Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Before we get into that, you know, coming up, we have – we're going to bring on a guest, right, Don?
1: That's the hope. That's okay. the hope.
2: I'm gonna tease it. All right, well, you all just tease it. Right. Come on, right? Five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't come on, then we're gonna have to redo this portion.
2: All right. Coming on next, we have the father of Tony Grimes, Dion Glover, is gonna join the podcast to talk all about you know his son Tony Grimes' development, recruitment, why he picked UNC, uh, what kind of player he could be in 2020, and, and future um, you know goals for for Tony uh, Tony Grimes. Obviously, an elite corner prospect. Before we bring on. Mr. Glover i we'll talk about Giant T-Shirt and t shirtcom They're our sponsor for the Inside Carolina podcast right on Franklin Street and online at Johnny t shirt JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Um, make sure you use the premium discount code. That's 10% off found on the uh, message boards, both in basketball and football. Get everything you need there. I looked at their Instagram page recently, tons of stuff. Tailgating stuff, T-shirts, sweatshirts, pants, jerseys. You know, little gifts. If you if you need something for your your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, there's plenty of gifts. You know, under the twenty dollar mark. You know, you can use that discount code, load up on gifts, and get everybody's stuff for for Christmas or for birthdays. Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Great customer service. Very local. It, it's it's sad to see a lot of places close on Franklin Street. Restaurants closing left and right. We need to support the local small. Uh, businesses that are owned locally so johnny t-shirt's one of those so JohnnyTshirt.com johnny shirtcom and giant t-shirt on franklin street make sure you use that premium uh discount code given to inside Carolina kind of subscribers all right guys we'll be right back hopefully with uh dion glover the, the father of tony grimes
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you
2: And we're back on the scoop presented to you by Inside Carolina and JohnnyTshirt.com. We have a very special guest. We are joined by the father of UNC freshman cornerback Tony Grimes. We're going to introduce Dion Glover or Coach Glover. What's going on, Coach? How's it going? It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Pleasure to be on here. That's awesome, man. Obviously, we're going to dive into some questions here about about Tony, about the recruitment, about UNC, and really get into it here for the next 10, 15 minutes or so. We're going to turn it over to Mr. Callahan.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who aren't uh, watching us on uh, YouTube and are just listening to us on the podcast, uh, Coach Coach (laughs) Glover is decked out in UNC gear, bought a lot of it in Chapel Hill, uh, and he's also driving, so hopefully we don't have an accident while we're doing this. So yeah,
2: just switch the it. hat from one hat to another yeah. UNC hat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the UNC fans are going to love this. Now, do you know coach that you have developed a, quite a, a cult following on the, on the uh, message boards for inside Carolina fans? No,
3: I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I, I hope it's good.
1: Yes. No, it's very good. Everybody loves <laughs> your, uh, your Twitter game as, as Ross mentioned off air. And uh, I guess just, you know, you know, preaching North Carolina and, and all that sort of stuff. So, but uh, oh, it's easy to do. It's easy to do. <laughs> so let me just get into it. You know, you, you had, a, you know, your, your son, Tony had a very, um, I guess, long recruitment. I mean, he has been recruited since his eighth grade year. How did you guys kind of just tackle this massive recruitment? And he had offers all over the place. How, how did you guys do it?
3: Well, um, for one, I learned a lot about the recruiting process with his older brother. Well, um, we Back in 2000, uh, from 2010 to 2014, I learned a lot, a, a, a ton. And I said that I made a lot of mistakes. I wasted a lot of resources and time. And um, I said that when, if, if, if Tony or Tino decided to, you know, to take football serious and, uh, and it was time to start the recruiting process, we was going to kind of, we was going to approach it different. And that's what we did. So when Tony got his first offer in
2: the eighth grade, um, we I knew exactly what to do. Okay. Who, was that, who was that first offer from? Virginia Tech. Okay.
3: Virginia Tech offered first and then um, Maryland offered. He, he wasn't even in high school yet. And then um, there was Bryant, and then UVA offered, and then I think uh, Michigan came in, um, Rutgers came in, Texas A&M came in, Oklahoma came in. This is all he had like fifteen to sixteen. He had like fifteen to sixteen big, big, really big offers in the um in in the ninth grade.
1: What were some of the things that you learned the first go around that you wanted to make sure that you followed this time with with Tony?
3: Um, one never chase an offer. Never, 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 ever chase an offer. I, I I think that's a um mistake that a lot of recruits make because when you I mean it's fine to get one. You want one. You want to go to college for free, but when you get that one, focus on that one. You know what I'm saying? Don't just just say well. And that's what a lot of recruits miss. They miss I have to recruit the school back. I have to get to know the coaching staff, the program, get to learn the personality of the program, and that's going to help you pick and choose your school when the, when the, when the time comes. But recruits get so caught up in chasing offers that they forget to recruit the school, and and you wonder why um, you see kids posting well, I'm, de- I- I'm committing to the University of X, Y, Z, and then three months later, well, I'm decommitting from the University of X, Y, Z. It's not that you're decommitting. Sometimes the schools, they don't want you. Now you got to go
2: somewhere else. That's the, that's the, that's the dirty truth. Hmm. So we're definitely getting to more about his recruitment. Obviously, when he's become a sophomore and junior, and things really ramped up. But can you got, kind of go back and talk about, you know, Tony's development as a player? You said he was recruited in eighth grade, got offers, you know, when did you realize you know, he was an elite prospect and, and would really develop into to what he's become today? Can you kind of talk us through Grimes's development as a player?
3: Yeah, when, once, he, once he got his first offer from Virginia Tech when he was in the eighth grade, we um, started to, you know, we, start, we started training immediately. Um, we, we went over, look, I said, what do you want out of this? son? What, what, what do you want? He said, well, I want to be the best corner in the country. And I said, well, it's going to take – X, Y, Z to get there. You're gonna have to do this. It's gonna be a lot of sacrifice. You're gonna have to um, make some changes, you're gonna have to, you know, give up some friends, and and, and and it's gonna be uncomfortable for you. But if that if you want the number one spot, these are the things that you're gonna have to do. And um Tony, without question, locked in, he 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 started to make the necessary changes, he started doing everything he needed to do, workout wise, academic-wise. Um, he started doing everything that was necessary for him to get to that spot. And, um, we, we, we worked, we worked hard day and night, um, in the gym. He was, he was so locked in on his academics. Um, you know, he started making those changes, you know, and everything his friends did, he didn't do. And, um, it started to pay off. He started to see the offers roll in and, um, we started. Ninth grade year, we started working on skill set, his skill set. You know, a lot of people are talented, athletically talented. But um, the thing that's going to get you, make you play on Sundays is the skill set to your position. And so I was training him and I had another DB coach that was training him with his skill set. And then when when Tony became a sophomore, I added another DB coach in. Um, So his trainer was Giovanni Ruffin, and then um, we had another trainer, Aaron Johnson. He kind of worked on um, transitional stuff, drills and things of that nature. And then, um, you know, me and and my other guy, Lee, we worked on skill set stuff. And he started to pick it up. He started to develop. And, I mean, faster than I thought he – you know, corner is one of the hardest positions to play on the field. You know, he started to pick it up and learn it, and it was evident every time he went to camp. He shut the camp down, you know, and we made sure he went up against great competition. He trained with guys from the league, you know, guys like Taekwon Mazel. He went up against competition that was out of his league. But that's the only way you're going to get better.
2: So, What what stood out to you about what made you think that, that Tony was had the potential to be an elite player? Was it his size? Was it that drive, that work ethic? Was his athletic ability? What's the one thing that, that really you think drew the attention of, of you or, you know, coaches and, and recruits early, early in age that, that made you think he could be that number one corner? Well,
3: I, I knew he was going to be elite when I saw him lock in. Okay. You know, my, you know, my our other sons, they all played football, you know. Um, Aaron went to Liberty. He played. DeAndre he played. But here's the thing. You have to have a special focus for this sport. You mm-hmm. really do. I mean, because it's not just going out on the field and running up and down the field performing. It's the off-the-field stuff that matters the most. And when I saw him making the sacrifices, I knew he was going to be elite without question. I knew it. I said, you know what? That focus for academics, that focus for time management, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just lining things up, putting things in, in order, being regimented. I knew it. I knew it then. I said, he's going to be elite. I said he has the mindset for it. And 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 that's what most players fail at. They fail at that mindset. You know what I'm saying? The character. Act. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have any character, any focus, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Your, your yeah. talent will take you there, but
2: your character won't keep you there. I tell Don that all the time. <laughs> Gotta have character, Don.
3: That's right. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. And and I knew I saw it. that's what was separating him. You know what I'm saying? Cause you see a lot of guys fail. They have the talent and the ability. But you know, when it's time to, you know, to focus on the academic side, when it's time to focus on the training, you know, you see a lot of these guys, they become prima donnas. they 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 want everything their way. And, you know, I, I coached them harder and harder, harder than the other kids. And, you know, he understood. He knew he he understood, he knew what time it was, you know, because I told him these are the things that you're gonna go through. When you get to college, it's not going to be no five star this, five star that. Nobody's going to roll a carpet out for you. Nobody's going to do this and do that. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to get out there. You're going to have to grind for it. You have to compete for it.
2: So that's the mindset that he has. There you have. Don?
1: Now, yeah, yeah going back to the recruitment stuff, uh, one of the key pieces to UNC landing, Tony, was. Was Dre Bly, and and one story that that Tony shared with me was that uh, he said that UNC really didn't recruit him all that much until Bly joined the staff, and he actually got the phone call from from Bly. I think uh, Tony was visiting another school, and that's when 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 Bly offered sure. him. What was it like? I mean, because I'm sure you know everybody kind of idolizes uh, Dre Bly a little bit, but in in that area, he's a he's a legend. In your area, he's a legend. What's that like being? Having your son recruited by by Dre Bly. Well, at first we were
3: wondering why why North Carolina never came in. They had came in and I know they were going through some staff changes. But they that you know, we was like, Why is North Carolina? And you know, we didn't worry too much about it, you know what I'm saying? Because
0: You those don't chase offers. Who,
3: yeah, we don't chase offers. So, yeah. you know, but you know, North Carolina is like a in state school, so to speak. Mm. And usually the in state schools or the schools that's closest to you will offer first before you know, schools abroad will offer. That's usually how it happens. And if the the, the in-state schools don't offer, usually the out-of-state schools won't offer you. They'll wait till the in-state schools offer you. But, but, you know, North Carolina is like an in-state school to us. So we were wondering why they didn't offer, but we wasn't, you know, stressing it. So when the, you know, when the staff change happened and, you know, uh, Coach Dre started to recruit the area, he was kind of like, who's who's the top corners? He really didn't know who Tony was. It, it was funny because he, it, you know, we, we'll talk. I'll call. I'll be like, Coach, man, what's going on? How you doing? When you gonna come by, Princess Anne? We got players, man. We got players. We got players. You know, and he say, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when the time come, I'm, I'm gonna slide through there. I'm gonna slide through there. And I guess he was doing his research. You know what I'm saying? Building up to that point. So we were on a recruiting trip. Me, me and Tony, and we were we were doing we were doing like a tour. We were doing. um Oklahoma, Texas AM, Texas, TCU. We was doing a tour. So in the middle of the tour, or on our way to Texas, he called me and he said, Um, he said, Look, man, I gotta get y'all, 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 y'all on campus. And I said, You we ain't making no unnecessary trips, coach. We you know what I'm saying? Are you guys serious or you not? <laughs> and it's like, he said, um, no, we serious, man. He said, we, we we got him on our board, and and um, I said, well, look, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I said, in a couple of days, he's going to drop his top ten. Hmm. I said, and this is true. You guys can kind of go back and research it. I said, in a couple of days, he's going to drop his top ten. I said, so, you, you you know what I mean? Drake, now, we, talking, we talk, I'm talking to Drake Blimey now. Yeah. Y'all want to be in that top ten, trust me. So he said, "I'm gonna call you back." <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna call you back." <laughs> he called me back five minutes later. And said, okay, we're gonna offer him. <laughs> so when Tony dropped the top ten, guess who was in the top ten?
1: North Carolina.
3: You better know it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dre Bly. <laughs> Dre Bly. So um, after that, it, it was it, it was it was it was easy peasy. The recruiting just picked up and picked up and picked up, and we started. You know, we started just forming this relationship. And and it's been great ever since, you know.
2: What are some other coaches that stood out? We know that Bly was a huge part of the recruitment. You know, your interactions with Mac Brown or or Jay Bateman, how did that go with other coaches involved in recruiting Tony?
3: Them guys are phenomenal. Mac Brown and Jay, they're phenomenal. I I preach, Mm -hmm. man. I put UNC staff up against anybody in the country. I mean, really. I, and I know, I know, I know Max not going anywhere. I know Dre is not going anywhere. I hope, you know, I, I got a feeling they are gonna try to come and get Jay, you know, cause he's gifted. I mean, he like, he, he one of the top dogs. He is the man, you know what I'm saying? And, um, those guys are phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. The character just the, um, being personable is, is not a show. I don't see shows before. I don't seen the song and pony dance. I haven't seen it all. I, I'm, I'm telling you, these guys are just as authentic and real as as they come, and um, it, it, it's it's some conversations we've had, man, that just make me. I I, I knew, actually, before Tony knew. I kept telling my wife, I kept saying, you know what? I'm telling you, it, it, he, he might mess around and pick North Carolina. I'm I, I'm telling you, he might he, he the way him and Dre, vibe and the way the coaches staff, the way the way the vibe is that's that's he he might choose them you know i mean it's I, I, it's, it's just that real those guys they, they're awesome they're awesome you know you can and it's evident look at what they did in their first year just look at what they did in their first year all the games they lost it was only by 2 3 or 7 points you know what i'm saying yeah. with a team that the first year you know what i'm saying He's talking about a hall of fame coach coming his first year with a team that he did not choose now, he didn't, he didn't recruit that team. The, st- he, 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 the staff didn't recruit that team. But they came in their first year and they went to a bowl game. What does that say? Mm. They play an elite powerhouse team like Clemson, who I don't want to hear nobody say, oh, Clemson, they, they was looking past. No, no, no. When they get on the field, they step on the field to beat and demolish every team they played. They was ready to play North Carolina. And it wasn't a, a beat and demolish type of game. It was double overtime. You won one point. You understand what I'm saying? Now, imagine a whole full cycle of this staff with this program. Now they can incorporate some of the players that they did recruit. Imagine what's going to happen next year. Well, I'm We're going taking to... Clemson down. We're taking Clemson down. We are. It's inevitable. I'm telling you, it's written.
2: <laughs> I'm going to clip, I'm going to clip <laughs> that comment, and I'm going to put that comment on Twitter. With uh, with what you just said, that was like a good. So recruit, good recruiting ploy there. Okay, so we we'll, we'll stay on Bateman here. How do you think Bateman and Bly are going to use your son?
3: Oh, God. Oh, man. They're going to put him in the best position to be successful. They've already got a plan for him. He's going to play in the boundary. Um, Tony is so – oh, God, he's so gifted. And even if you guys talk, they'll tell you, I mean, he's already picked up Two, two or three installments already. He's already picked up some installments already. You know what I'm saying? They're going to use him in the boundary, um, I think, the first, first year or two, and, um, and then probably move him around the field a little bit, safety nickel, you know what I'm saying, just to kind of make him a little bit versatile. You know, the NFL-like versatile player. So, but um, I, I think his strength is going to be playing in the boundary. And and God knows he's he, he's gonna kill it. He's gonna he's gonna kill it.
2: Yeah, and and kind of studying his recruitment, they always say I mean, he's a lockdown corner. He's a guy who can take the best receiver and lock down that side of the field, which allows the hey. defense, which allows the defense coordinator to do so many more things because they understand that that side of the field is is kind of blocked off to the offense. So I mean, that's that's my take as yeah. a, someone who hasn't played football. I
3: mean, it's like Darrell Revis. He don't have safety help over top.
2: Yeah. Grimes, you know what I'm saying? Grimes Island, Grimes Island,
3: and that's real. That's real, you know. And the quarterback got to be phenomenal. Whoever's throwing the ball if it, if it's great coverage, I mean, the quarterback got to be on the money, you know. And I and I and I put my money on Tony on the jump ball. <laughs> no right. receivers catching it. <laughs> All right, now, as a coach, uh, as a coach, as a coach, I put my money on him.
1: Now, on the topic of of him learning this defense already. What kind of allowed that to happen was the fact that he reclassified. And I know now yes. it seems like a, a super smart decision because Virginia is, has moved the football season to the spring. Uh, but yes. at the time, when you guys had to make that decision, because you know you were dealing with a very small window there, there was uncertainty. There was still a chance that you were going to have football in the fall in Virginia. Um, so making that decision, I mean, it's tough because I'm sure that, yeah, Tony told me, I asked him this question. And he told me that you know he would have been fine going to North Carolina even though the season was played, the the high school season was going to be played in the fall, but for you guys, I mean, how difficult was it to kind of make that little bit of a gamble and kind of you know make the decision to to reclassify and potentially miss the you know his senior season?
3: Well, as parents, you you always want your 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 kids to get the full and. and benefit out of high school. You know what I'm saying? You want them to have the experience of the prom and, you know, he earned the right to go to the All-American Under Armour Bowl game and you wanted him to, you know, you wanted him to do that and you wanted him to just, you know, his last season of high school, play with his friends, finish what he started. You know what I'm saying? Um, you don't want him to be cheated out of that. But but you, you, you have to be flexible, especially, you know, when COVID hit. And then he positioned himself academically to give himself some options. So we had to start considering those options. You know, the VHSL was up in the air. They didn't know. And then I had a friend that 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 gave me some information and said, hey, look, man, you, you know what? You might want to start really considering, you know what I'm saying, um, senatorial school now. I don't think they're going to play. So we had a conversation as a family about it. And, um, and, and I, you know, we, me, my wife, Tony, you know, and his brother, we conversated about it. So what, what do you want to do? And, and t- Tony was like, well, I want to play with my friends, but, you know, Pop, if it's not going to be a season, you know, I want to just go to school. You know, And a lot of people, you know, I ah, mean, you know, he should stay, you know, even if he doesn't play, he should stay anyway. And Tony was like, no, I want to go and I'm going to get acclimated to the system. You know what I'm saying? And then and I told him, I said, listen, it's a win. If you leave now, son, you can't lose. There's no way you can lose. I mean, you're already to be a year vested. If they to the football season for college sports, you know what I'm saying? You get that season back anyway. You get that year eligibility back anyway because it's due to the COVID. You understand know what I'm saying? And you're a year closer to your dream, being in the NFL. I said you get the you 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 get the uh, play in the college system. You get you get to learn the playbook early. You get to go ahead and and, and bump ahead academically. You can't lose. And he was like, I want to go. So I said, you, you you know, we we prayed about it and um we, we felt like that's what God was saying. So we moved ahead, you know. And guess what happened? A week later, the news came out that they was going to cancel the season. And what's crazy is he had one class left, gentlemen. Yeah. And he and and. And, and, and the school board allowed him the flexibility to work ahead, and he did it in a week and a half.
1: Mm. Well, and that speaks to you know his they work gotta ethic. <laughs> <laughs> when well, that speaks to the work ethic off the field of Tony, because you know, and, and making sure he he had all of his his ducks in a row, because there were a lot of other I know like Ra Ra Dilworth, um, Dontavius Nash. They all looked into trying to graduate early too, but they had too many classes to get done in such a short amount of time, it just wasn't an option for them. But Tony, you know, because he took care of business in the classroom, he was able to do that.
3: Yeah, yeah. See, and that's one of the things I learned from my other son. When we when Tony started high school, I went to the guidance counselor and I started moving stuff around. And he set a, they set a course guide for him and I said, No, 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 no. Take this out. Take that out. Put this in. Yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I said, nope, he's not gonna take that. He's gonna take this. He's gonna take classes that are weighted, classes that that mean something. You know what I'm saying? To the NCAA. And 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 he, this is what's funny. He could he almost graduated anyway. Mm-hmm. September, they said, um, I talked to the guidance counselor. She said, Mr. Glover, she said, listen, we got to push one of these classes. And she said this to me in January, before the COVID hit. She said, we got to push one of these classes into next year because he was going to take dual enrollment classes. She said, because if not, Tony's going to graduate now. I said, what you mean? She mm-hmm. said, all you need is one class. And and you guys, at the rate you're going, he's going to be out of school this year. Mm-hmm. Don't he want to play football next year? And I said, oh, okay. So I said, let's push that one class into next year. He would have graduated anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, 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 it's it worked out well. It seems he's going to have a full year ahead in terms of getting the NFL and, and strengthening and conditioning and learning the system, you know, depending on what happens this season. But he'll he'll be better because of, getting into a higher-level program earlier and getting ready. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there were, it was a discussion, you know, what's, what's best for UNC, what's best for your son, and obviously getting to UNC overall is, is clearly the best decision now. Um, all right, so you you were in Chapel Hill this week. I think you all moved in Sunday, I believe, and, you know, I think mm-hmm. he I think he moved in his dorm on Monday, and so he's going to be geared up to go Thursday for training camp. What was that like? What was it like dropping your son off at school? You said you went to student stores, you know, moving in the dorms. What was that all like? Can you kind of talk about that?
3: It was exciting, man. We got there. Um, actually, we moved in Sunday evening. Okay. We got there, moved him in. Um, we, 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 we went shopping here before we left, you know, just for the necessary things they was going to need. But some things we waited till we got down there because I didn't want to load up refrigerators and microwaves and all that stuff inside the back of the truck. So we bought that when we got there. When we got there, Tony, I want some UNC stuff. I want flags. I want this rug. I want, you know, his whole room is, is I'm going to actually post it on the Twitter. His whole room is UNC backed out now. I'm serious. It, it, it was exciting. The staff was great. Um, um, Joe, Kyra, everybody, mm-hmm. Dre, they, they, oh man, it was the staff is phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. If, I, I say, if, if 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 you're an athlete and you don't go to UNC, you need to have your head shut. <laughs> love it, love it. I, no, I'm, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious because what everybody's looking for in a program, they have it. And you're, you're not hearing it from somebody that has... Visited maybe once or twice to a school. You're hearing it from somebody that's been to all the schools three to six times apiece throughout Tony's entire recruiting.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I've been there. I've talked to him. I've met with him. I've, I've done it. So this is the choice right here. <laughs> this is the choice.
1: What do you think uh, – what sort of impact do you think that Tony's going to have on the Tar Heels defense this season? 2020. If we, have, if we have a season,
3: um, I'm confident we're going to have one. <laughs> um, I am. I'm. I'm. Re- I'm extremely confident we're going to have one. But I think that. Um, I think it's going to have an impact. I mean, I'm, an immediate impact. You know, it's a lot of competition. He's got to go out there and compete. Nobody promised him anything. Um, but knowing the type of person he is, he's going. He, he's. He's going to be tremendously impactful. I believe. You know, I mean, when he steps on that field, you know, he has a tendency to coast some time and, you know, he's been prepped for this his whole life, just his whole high school career, going up against NFL players, going up against guys like Greg Dortch with, 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 with the St. Louis Rams, going up against guys like Tyquan Mizell, you know what I'm saying, with the New Orleans Saints, playing against these guys day in, day out, going up against colleges. He's ready. He's ready for this. He's ready, trust me. I know he's a year early, but he's ready to compete because we don't train for college. We train for the league.
2: <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and I mean, you look at him, he's physically ready. You know, six foot, 180, probably put on a couple more pounds, but he's already pretty sculpted and, and physically there in terms of um, muscle and everything. But, you know, you look at the, the depth chart, um, and I think if you could have more players at one position, cornerback is that position because Jay Bateman wants to use six defensive backs. They want to go four corners that nickel because there's a lot of wide receivers in the spread and you have more speed on the field. You can do more things. And I think that's what they were limited with last year. They had so many injuries. Now you bring on Tony, Kyle McMichael, Bryce Watts, um, along with Trey yes. Morrison, Patrice Renee, Storm Duck, and then you have a whole group of safeties as well. I mean, he's going to be able to do can't a lot of things. Can't. And, and you, can move, you can move Grimes around. You can move Trey Morrison around. And having that speed and those smart players will be big. Uh, for UNC this season. I think it's going to be – it's been really exciting to watch because we didn't get to see that last year. We didn't get to see a, a full complement of defensive backs, and they'll have this this year. Um, all right, Don, is that it? Is there anything else?
1: Yeah, the one thing I did want to ask you, and this is more of like my own sort of curiosity, is that uh, you particular were very um, accommodating, more than accommodating for media, and and often – you get a five-star recruit and they get burnt out very quickly by media because you get, you know how it is. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just mostly kind of t- speaking to the listeners. I mean, you're getting like, however many schools probably getting 15, 20 schools that are hammering you constantly. Jesus then you're getting Christ. all of their, their sites, their rival sites their 24, seven sites, just hammering you wanting interview requests and everything like that. And te- texting you, DMing you, you though took control of that and use it to your advantage. What, why, why'd you do that?
3: Me, because it's about visibility you know what I'm saying and having the right people speak or or, or, or paint the scene for, for your for your for, for, my, for my son It's about having the right people paint the scene for him and speak for him and um, I had to like I had to initially I had to cut out a lot of people because there were people writing articles that never interviewed with us mm-hmm. they were they were quoting stuff that we never said and I, I made it a point to call these people directly and say, listen, don't you ever in your life call my son or write an article about my son and and say we said something that we did not say, you know what I'm saying? Because stuff like that will hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we found out the ones that were there for us and that would that would help us, and we, and we held true to them. You're one of those guys, Don. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been... You know, you know, you know we've been we've been tight from the start now,
1: you know. You're right, you're right. We you were super helpful. Don't boost his ego, don't boost his ego too much.
3: Um <laughs> uh, oh, oh, man, look, look, Don is a fish you like tissue. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Did he listen, did he tell did he tell y'all he knew we were gonna commit? He didn't even say a word.
1: Yeah. For how now. long? How long? <laughs> at least a, at least a month. They so I went when I went up there um I went <laughs> out there, and this is after we, we had done interviews we had done all this video interviews all the photos everything this at a camp which by the way coach glover he doesn't he put on this camp and he does this regularly and i think i need to point this out for these kids completely free for these kids coach glover gets absolutely nothing from it no money no nothing just in his de- dedicated no time nothing which is awesome, and his sons aren't even. Well, Tito did did participate.
3: But, yeah, Tito did. Yeah, Tito did one. Mm-hmm. But
1: but you know, Tony wasn't. Tony came just to do an interview with me. He wasn't even in the camp, which I think is awesome. But anyway, um, they pulled me this side, and and uh, coach was like, "Hey, Tony, do you want you want to go ahead and tell him?" And Tony was <laughs> like, "We're coming in North Carolina." And at this point, it, it was still at least publicly, it was out there that you guys we're going to still announce on December 1st, although you guys had kind of toyed with the idea of moving it up. So I was completely shocked. And then, um, yeah, of course you guys said, don't, don't tell anyone, you know, this is the deal. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have lasted. I mean, I've been, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I wouldn't have lasted if I wasn't trustworthy. Mm. No,
3: he he held he held it down. God knows he held it down. (laughs) He held it down. (laughs) It's It's hard hard because he got the beat call. Everybody
1: it. Hey, did you hear anything? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, that's what I got. What's the word you got? So many people are like, "Well, what do you think? What do you think Tony's going to do?" And I'm like, "I don't think. I know." So I, you know, I kind of like, well, you know, I think North Carolina is definitely in it. You know, I don't want to lie to anyone, but yeah, at the same time I'm trying to, you know, keep my word. It, it it was it was difficult for an entire month for the biggest recruit North Carolina has landed really, I know that Marvin Austin's ranked higher, but I mean really this is the biggest recruit North Carolina has landed, probably wow. since I've been covering North Carolina, you know, to be honest, you know? So Wow. Wow.
2: <laughs> All right, wow Co- All right, Coach Glover. <laughs> I think that's about it. I mean, we could yeah. talk to you for a long, long time, but we can. We appreciate your time, and everybody's listening. Make sure you give um, Coach Glover a follow on Twitter. It's at DHGlover. He needs to give me a follow, too, though. But
3: um, I don't follow you?
2: I don't think so. At, no. Ross, at Ross Martin, I see. Oh, man.
3: You, know, you can, I, I, you can I, I, follow
2: after the interview. Um, I will. You, you see that, Ross? Mask on? Yeah, UNC mask. Oh, Love UNC
1: it. mask. All there right. You see that? And, and see we're, that? Being <laughs> we're being safe and representing.
2: That's right. Yes, All right, sir. got Hey, thanks so much coach. It's been awesome. We really appreciate. it. We'd love to have you back on down the line yeah. if if, uh, if, hey, if it, anytime. Yeah, let, me, will, know, no, out, let uh, me know, Ross. This will be out this will be out a little bit later this week. All right, coach Glover, father of Tony Grimes, we'll be right back on the scoop.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love.
3: Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.
2: And we're back on The Scoop. Uh, hopefully, y'all really enjoyed that interview with Coach Glover. That was awesome. He was uh, he was a hoot, pretty funny guy, very intense, very passionate, and um, had tons of great things to say about, obviously, Tony and the UNC staff and, um, and UNC football and the direction it's going in. Don, thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, he – I know I say this after every interview, but I do kind of handpick – the guys that we have on here just because I know that they're going to be great. But coach Glover, I knew, I mean, I've been talking to this guy every week for the past, I don't know, six months or so. And it's always, always a blast to talk to him, always getting different perspective on things. And it's not just about Tony, which whose recruitment was always so, um, has so much going on. Um, but it was, but, but, a bunch of other things, we didn't get into it too much, but he's super involved with that in that area with the recruits in that area yeah yeah. and so i was able to kind of find out about guys that really we're going to be learning a, a lot more about in the coming months you know guys that unc has actually offered they've offered a bunch of guys for the 22 class um so and coach glover's connected with all those guys and lets me know about those guys but yeah so him coming on i knew his personality was going to be great for for this podcast and, I, and i'm glad he came on
2: yeah i, I, I didn't want to get into tie water stuff but i felt like we could save that for maybe another time um yeah not only recruits, but just kind of what, it, what football is like there. I mean, I, obviously, I'm not from there. It's, you have talk about Michael Vick, Ronald Curry, Dre Bly, um, Allen Iverson. I mean, the talent in that area is incredible. So, I'd love to hear what it's like. Is he from there? Did he grow up there?
1: You know, I, I'm pretty sure, and this is mostly going off. He If you notice, he has a slight, like, uh, Queens or Brooklyn accent. Okay. Um, And so, this is just me just guessing because if that's not a – that's not a tidewater area accent. Um okay. I'm guessing that he's originally from up there. I, I never we've never talked about that.
2: You said you talk, text him every day and you don't really know where he's you, from. You
1: don't we go I mean you guys saw, I mean, we go down different rabbit holes and it's just a matter of what rabbit hole you're going down that day.
2: We call you official like tissue?
1: Yeah, that's right. Which I never Was understood. that it?
2: Was it official like tissue?
1: Official like tissue. I never understood that saying.
2: Yeah, it doesn't really rhyme. So I was trying to figure out official, like, tissue.
1: It, way, it rhymes, and, but I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, but, yeah, uh, Coach Glover says it all the time. <laughs> okay, what, were your, what, what were your thoughts? On, did, I, did I over, um, over I guess, uh, sell this interview? He
2: right. was great. He was great. I mean, he was awesome. Funny. I mean, I had some great clips. I mean, as a journalist, you want those passionate, emotional – funny lines, and that's what he provided. You don't want to be boring, Don.
1: You don't. And he you was get, not. And Ross is not boring either. Ross he, does not live his life being boring.
2: <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get into it here. we got to close this out here. I want to touch on a couple things. What's left in 2021, Don? Bryson Nesbitt, offensive lineman, what else? Bryson Nesbitt and an offensive lineman, what else is, is left? Quickly, can you dive through that's, that?
1: That's really it. They okay. will still recruit – Ingram Dawkins, the, the four-star uh, defense attack from South Carolina, but for the most part, you fill those two needs, and UNC's done. And there's a very good chance that if UNC doesn't get Nesbit, they won't take a a tight end. Oh, let me just throw out kicker. There is a good chance North Carolina could offer another kicker.
2: And there, there is some stuff about um, the Ohio State committed running back Evan Pryor. Anything there worth? I mean, it said <laughs> that he hadn't talked to Coach Gillespie in a couple months or something.
1: Yeah, I would, to be honest, I. I would be hesitant in looking too much into that right now. Now if things progress, continue to uh-huh. progress with North Carolina, then yes. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, some of this information came from a source and uh, Pryor denied all of it. And, and to be completely honest, I mean, this is a kid who's visited North Carolina a gazillion times. His parents visit North Carolina a gazillion times. So if he was going to make the flip, you know he should have. He would have made the flip already. You know he doesn't need an official visit. He doesn't need this or that. He knows everything about North Carolina. So what is holding him back? And and unless I'm able to get a or a good answer on that, I'm not going to to um, buy that too much.
2: All right. And then put the notes here. Sorry about that. And then Gunnar Stockton. I mean the rumor was that he was the target for UNC in the 2022 class, quarterback from Georgia, I believe. Yes. Eliminated UNC and released the top two.
1: Yes. So um, yeah, I mean that's unfortunate, North Carolina. One of the one of the ways that they do they they I guess conduct their recruiting underneath Mac Brown is they try to kind of zero in on one guy as opposed to recruiting a large group of guys and, and you know and kind of see who commits first sort of thing. And that that's what uh, Phil Longo has really done. Even when you had the situation with Jacoby Criswell when he was kind of sort of flirting with home state uh, Arkansas. You know, he never offered anybody else. He just set his sights 100% focused on Criswell. And that's what he does for all the other classes. So the good thing is is that this is, what, a, a year and a half before he has to actually sign a quarterback for the 22 class. So um, he has plenty of time to find someone else that he likes. But um, it's definitely, you know, this was the guy. This is the guy who's actually been constantly compared to Sam Howe. So for him to eliminate North Carolina is um, is unfortunate.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at UNC, same how, next two years. And then you have um, Jacoby Criswell, who's talented, and they like. And then you have Drake May. So, you know, take off a cycle or, or, or get a, a guy that may not compete immediately. That's okay. You know, you can't have five-star, five-star, five-star quarterback unless you're Clemson, but then people transfer. All right, I think that's it. We're going to... Throw out some ideas for what we want to do with this podcast. As as recruiting news dwindles down, um, we've thought about reviewing a movie or a show. Uh, Don wants to review Last Chance You. I have not watched it. Um, we also yes. have some ideas about kind of a ask us anything type. You know, take questions from listeners and, and people on Twitter, non football related questions. See where that goes. I think it should be interesting as well. Kind of these the, for, to in the podcast with some off topic stuff. Don
1: thoughts. Yeah, so with the last chance you used stuff, which you weren't 100% on board with because you apparently... I haven't seen have it. it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I haven't watched it. I mean, and we're talking about the most recent, episode, most recent season that was released, I think, last week. I'm on episode three, I think. And there's only five or six. So my, my thing is, is Ross and I watch it and not it won't be an entire podcast it would be kind of sort of like what we did with tiger king where towards the end of one we just kind of talk about it but i thought what would be great to get the listeners involved is that you guys watch it too i'm sure some of you have already watched it already or plan on watching it and just give us some questions some topics to kind of discuss and we'll cover it but we could do the same thing as you mentioned which is general non football recruiting topics.
2: Okay. Yeah, we will get into that. Uh, we'll talk a little off air about what we want to do with that. But um, yeah. I think we'll open up some questions in general because I think it's interesting.
1: But yeah, if you have some... topic questions for last chance, you after you watch it, th- I've, like I said, I've watched the first couple of episodes, and there's a couple of things I think we can definitely talk about. Definitely send them to me on Twitter or on the message board, Don, at, uh, at Don Callahan, IC on Twitter, Don Callahan on, on, on the message board, or email me, Don at InsideCaroline.com.
2: All right, guys. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. I've been seeing a lot of the reviews. They're great. Give us a five-star rating. Write a couple words complimenting Don and our podcast network. And then mash the subscribe button that helps us out. Also, remember Johnny T-shirt and giantteacher.com. If you're going to get UNC stuff, just like Coach Glover, bought a bunch of UNC stuff. We should have given him the, the promo code because he went to student stores and went, I think he went to Walmart as well. Go to Johnny T-shirt. Great deals. Always have sales. Johnny T-shirt, giantteacher.com. That's it for us. Thanks for listening to The Scoop.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.